The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Dr. Carol's Couch with your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. All comments, views, and opinions are solely those of Dr. Lieberman, her guests, and callers. Now it's time to have a seat on Dr. Carol's Couch. Here's your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome to today's edition of Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Um, Most times when I hear that uh, disclaimer... Um, I could swear that that was just started after I started getting more radical and, and politically incorrect in some of my uh, show topics and opinions. And today <laughs> would, be, would be an example of one of the ones that, um, that I'm sure Voice America does not want to be, uh, well, I shouldn't say I'm sure, but just in case Voice America does not want to be responsible for this politically political incorrectness, but this is, this is really the most important topic um, that, that we need to talk about and, and you need to listen about. And um, yes, I talk about, you know, of course, relationships and finding love and my bad girls book and all of that. But, um, you know, our very survival is at stake. Um, and the person, my guest today, I am so thrilled to have found her because um, I, I, we were both on um, a, a radio show, a radio station, uh, on the weekend of 9-11, and when I read about her on the uh, station's website, I thought, this is a woman, <laughs> this is a brave woman, um, and someone who is, is really courageous and, and um, trying to do, uh, in a much more dramatic and, and um, effective form, some of the things that I certainly talk about and try to convey to you all, um, all my listeners, and, and certainly uh, write about, but, um, but I'm just so impressed that Pamela Giller um, is actually out there in the trenches um, putting her own life at stake. Uh, she has had death threats, I'll ask her how many, but she's probably more than she knows about, um, and she is, this is because of her her passion for trying to help us pay attention to how we have to stop the Islamization of America. So her book, her latest book, is called Stop the Islamization of America, A Practical Guide to the Resistance. She is also the founder, editor, and publisher of atlasshrugs.com. She's the executive director of Stop Islamization of America, as well as the Freedom Defense Initiative, and she's a regular columnist for WND, The American Thinker, Human Events, and other publications. She's also the author of another book called The Post-American Presidency, The Obama Administration's War on America. And Pamela, before the election in 2008, I kept trying to warn people about that and uh, had you know people on the show who I didn't know about your book at the time, but people on the show who... Uh, 
was also we're also trying to warn people about how dangerous Obama is for America, and of course, um, you know, it goes right into what your book is, your new book is about, about the Islamization of America. So, why don't I turn it over to you and? Um, and, you know, just let me, I mean, I was starting to say before we got on the air that I've written a book called Coping with Terrorism Dreams Interrupted. It was published in the U.K. Uh, on the one-year anniversary of 7-7, there, 9-11. And uh, in America, um, people, you know, are, don't want to face these, are in denial about the ongoing threat and I talk about the threat, you know, well, at the time particularly, it was the threat of, of uh, sort of a, a violent threat, which, of course, there still is, and then some, uh, you know, whether it's wars of bioterror, um, weapons of, of, well, weapons of mass destruction, whether it's bioterrorism or so on. But what you're talking about is, is much more insidious, and it's happening at an increasingly alarming rate. And um, so it's not just about, you know, uh, Nuclear bombs and or, or suicide bombers and so on. There's there are even more insidious dangers at foot. So take it away. Uh, yes, there there is. Uh, I had written the book "Stop the Islamization of America: A Practical Guide to the Resistance" as a uh, a pragmatic primer uh, for patriots. Uh, really, it's not a religious issue because Islam, while it is a religion, it is a complete system. It's a complete system, political, military, legal, academic, dietary, and uh, it, it's vexing because this is a, an immigrant group, that the first immigrant group to come to this country with a ready-made model of society that it considers to be superior. Mm. Now, I think it's also that, uh, important to point out that no one is saying that all Muslims are jihadists and all Muslims are terrorists. Mm -hmm. I think that's understood. Uh, clearly, I don't feel that I have to pat on the back every Muslim that doesn't want to kill me. I expect that. that that's my bar, to live in a civilized society. But we are seeing an increase in the Islamization of the public square, of the secular marketplace, in everything from the workplace, there is the masking of the workplace, imposing Muslim prayer times on union contracts, forcing non-Muslim workers to lengthen their day. Uh, you take companies like Heinz, who's been extraordinarily generous in their accommodation to Muslim workers. They have Muslim prayer rooms, they have Muslim prayer rugs, but any time you make special accommodation, uh, you, it gives way to more demands for special accommodation. Now Heinz is going to be sued to stop the line, to stop the factory line for Muslim prayer times. Mm. This, this is a way of imposing Islam on the secular marketplace. The uh, prayer rooms of the public schools for Muslim children, uh, they don't do that for Christian children. They certainly don't do it for Jewish children. The Islamicizing of the curriculum. Uh, the um, When I say Islamicizing of the curriculum, the whitewashing of Islam. Just this week, uh, a parent protested in Georgia and uh, we got, uh, the, uh, of course, the blogs involved and uh, local newspaper columnists because they were teaching children. There was a lesson there from a, a woman in Saudi Arabia, you know, basically extolling the Sharia and how wonderful, quote, her quote was how fortunate we are to live under the Sharia, extolling forced marriage, extolling uh, the, um, uh, the polygamy uh, that, and that the burqa is wonderful because, you know, who would want to be the, one of those horribly, and that's their word, horribly immodest, immodestly dressed Western women. This is dawah. 
And dawah is a mandate in Islam, a proselytizing to Islam. This is an issue I had with Rick Perry, who had instituted a, uh, an extensive curriculum on Islam in many of the Texas public schools. I don't expect them to do it for Judaism. I don't expect them to do it for Christianity. I certainly don't expect them to do it with a supremacist ideology. That, well, that well, wait, what, what, you mean a, a curriculum? He added um, a complete curriculum on Islam. And I, I have posted all of the lessons. Uh, it's extensive. It's very intense. It's but very. Is it, is it is it presenting it in the way that you were talking about that this woman was saying? You know, extolling the the virtues of it. It's it, it's a whitewash. I mean, nowhere is any accurate historical um, uh, lesson on Islam uh, even so much as hinted at. Certainly, there's been no discussion of the 270 million jihadi wars, land appropriate 270 million victims. Excuse me. 270 million victims of jihadi wars, land appropriations, uh, cultural annihilations, and enslavements over the past 1,400 years. Nowhere in the children's lessons on, say, World War II was the role of Islam in any way uh, spoken of. And they did have an active role. The Mufti of Jerusalem, the leader of the Muslim world, was Hitler's partner, did live in Berlin in the lap of luxury on Hitler's dime, was responsible for the death of 400,000 women and children, and that part of history is whitewashed uh, from World War II. We certainly know that the, um, who the Nazis were and who Mussolini was, and we know what they did, and, and, and they certainly, you know, they certainly uh, have been excoriated by history. But, uh, again, this is in accordance with the Sharia. Under the Sharia, under the blasphemy laws, you cannot criticize Islam. You cannot offend Islam, even if it's true. You are guilty of blasphemy, and that's why our history books are whitewashed, because they don't want to offend Islam. It's the reason why the media refuses to speak to it. There's a, it's a self-imposed Sharia. In Muslim countries, of course, blasphemers are put to death. Non-Muslims are executed, they're assassinated. In the West, uh, we're not assassinated, but clearly those that speak critically of Islam, their characters are assassinated. We are demonized, marginalized, rendered radioactive. We're called racist, Islamophobic, anti-Muslim bigots. When in fact, according to Abdul Muhammad, a prominent Muslim member of the International Islamic Institute, I'm sorry, the International Institute of Islamic Thought, a Muslim Brotherhood group, he said, Abdul Muhammad said, that he was present when the term Islamophobia was invented, was created in, quote, the bowels of Muslim think tanks. Hmm. It, was, it was created hmm. as a thought as a thought-crushing device to bash critics of Islam. And that's exactly what we see happening. Um, the, the, the violent jihad is easy. We know about the Fort Hood Jihadi. We know about the Times Square bomber, we know, which would have made 9-11 look small. If you've ever been to Times Square on a Saturday night, it is literally teeming with tens of thousands of people. In the yes, street. I'm from New York, born oh, and raised. So you know. Um, and the tr- Christmas tree lighting bomber in, in, that was thwarted, that was 25,000 families at that Christmas tree lighting bomber. I, I think that was in Washington. Um, and, of course, a myriad other attacks that had been thwarted. That, that's easy. But you see the infiltration of the Muslim Brotherhood groups here in America when the Pentagon, the Department of Defense, issues a, a final report on the Fort Hood Jihadi. Um, and here you have a, a, a devout Muslim who came out as, a, a, as a, uh, a jihadi on Grand Rounds. He made a PowerPoint presentation, which I use when I speak. That's how succinct and, um, and um, accurate it is on the jihadic doctrine, who was wearing the garb of the Shaheed on the morning of his jihad, who was giving out Qurans on the morning of his jihad, whose business card said, Soldier of Allah, and nowhere in the report 
issued by the DOD, by the Pentagon, is their mention of ideology, a motive, or, or, or religion. This is how badly we have been infiltrated by stealth jihadists. And these groups were named as Muslim Brotherhood proxies in the largest terrorist funding trial in our nation's history, the Holy Land Foundation trial in Texas. The Muslim Brotherhood groups named were uh, the go-to groups for the media, the Council of American Islamic Relations, mm-hmm. uh, tied to Hamas, raising money for Hamas, and their leadership was jailed. The Islamic Society of North America, the Islamic Circle of North America. These are the go-to groups for media and, 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 and for the government. I mean, the most striking example of, of what I'm describing is kind of duplicity this kind of stealth jihad, is Anwar al-Awlaki. Anwar al-Awlaki was the imam that the Washington Post, that the New York Times, that the media went to right after 9-11 for all things Islam. At the same time, Anwar al-Awlaki was the imam to the 9-11 Muslim terrorists mm. and to the Fort Hood jihadi and to the Times Square jihadi. Um, and, what, and you never see a mea culpa from the New York Times saying, oh, you know, hmm. we, we were wrong. Mm-hmm. And, this, and this is complicated. This guy, while telling us it's a religion of peace, was aiding and abetting the overthrow of this country. And the spiritual guide, guidance provided the spiritual guidance to the 9-11 Muslim terrorists. I mean, this is how diabolical this, this, um, this system, this system of, of, of subversion is. And so my book, the Stop the Islamization of America, A Practical Guide to the Resistance, is is for people that either um, are unaware but know something's wrong. Because it's almost as if, you know, it's like, it's like you're Helen Keller and someone moved the furniture. You know there's something wrong, but you can't quite put your finger on it because the media is obfuscating and silencing themselves. I call it self, self-enforcing Sharia. Or, um, you know, every terrorist attack is, is uh, you know, obfuscated, even in the society of professional journalists. I, I wrote about this in the book, and I've written for this for Breitbart as well. The society of professional journalists, they have issued directives on how to report on jihadi attacks, mm. terrorist attacks. Mm. They're advised not to mention religion. And well, if you do mention religion, because let's say the uh, homicide bomber was screaming Alu Akbar, which actually means Allah is greater, Greater than what? Greater than your God. That's what mm. that means. It's a supremacist ideology. Um, Allah, Akbar. If you have to mention religion in these news reports, make sure you mention, mention other terrorist attacks uh-huh. in the name of other religions, huh. of, which, of which there are none, because I have yet to see a terrorist attack in the name of Christ. Okay. Um, they, <laughs> okay. I, 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 I need haven't. to interrupt you. I, I probably didn't hear the, it's, the music under, underlying. The, you, I... I, I I'm, you know, obviously you're very passionate about this, and so am I, um, but we do need to take a break. Mm-hmm. So we will be back. Um, my guest is Pamela Geller. Her new book is called Stop Le- the Islamization of America, A Practical Guide to the Resistance. We will be right back. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. 
Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the Terrorism Hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Are you ready to go green? You've asked, and we've heard you. Voice America presents the Green Talk Network. Environmental topics are at the forefront of our society, and the Green Talk Network is here to keep you up to date on the latest trends and new innovations for the eco-conscious lifestyle. We'll help promote a variety of ideas on the environment, from global warming issues to how you can become more eco-friendly in your daily activities. Be a part of the solution, not the problem. Visit the Green Talk Network page on voiceamerica.com and tune in to help spread the green. Explore the power and beauty in yourself and in others. Tune in to The Stacy Stern Show, enriching you. Every week, Stacy Stern will connect you with men and women who are living and working from a place of passion. Stacy's guests include successful authors, filmmakers, actors, experts, and leaders. You'll hear what inspires each of them, and you'll be turned on to great films, books, and new media. Tune in to The Stacy Stern Show, enriching you, Tuesdays at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in your brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show. Here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. My guest today is Pamela Geller. She is uh, an activist and trying to wake us all up to the fact that there is this uh, Islamization of America, this surreptitious Islamization of America that is going on and is just as dangerous, if not more dangerous, um, than the more violent kinds of things that we are more aware of. Um, and I understand, I just want to tell you all, I understand that this, you know, this is hard to listen to. It's just, just like when I talk about coping with terrorism, you don't want to hear about terrorism. Uh, nobody wants to hear about how our life may be disrupted, whether it's, you know, by the economy or by natural disasters, the weather, whatever. But, but, um, if we don't all wake up to this, it's going to be too late, is the bottom line. Now, um, Pamela, before before we get into some more examples, um, I, I just I'm curious to know how did you get so passionate about this issue? What what brought you to this whole to devote your life essentially to this? Well, uh, I really was not political. Uh, I, I was uh, really a quintessential New York City career girl. I was a publisher of the New York Observer. Um, associate publisher of the New York Observer, but I was clubbed by 9-11. You know, as I was standing on that dock watching those buildings burn, my entire premise was, was, was shattered. I had always assumed my freedom. I never questioned it. It was the air that I breathed. I always thought America was forever. I lived in a sort of a post-historical mindset that the good guys won after World War II, and the good cop was on the beat. And, um, you know, we, we had gone through centuries of blood and, and toil. Literally, our liberty was written in, in the blood of our heroes, our, our soldiers. And I just assumed 
uh, at my freedom. And I realized at that moment that that was not true, that you had to protect your freedom and, 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 and nurture it and, and, and fight for it. And I didn't know who had attacked my country. I felt guilty that I didn't know who had attacked my country. And when I found out, uh, Carol, I, um, I felt guilty that I didn't understand who and why my country was attacked. And so I spent the ensuing years studying Islam, reading uh, Ibn Warak and Robert Spencer and Bacheor, and uh, increasingly found the media completely deficient on this subject. And I thought it was a key subject. And I was moved uh, to the net. You know, I kept going more and more online because that's where uh, there was really free, uh, both good and bad, of course, but so what, um, really free speech. And, and that's where this conversation was being, um, was being had. And someone, I would comment on blogs, various blogs that were reporting on, you know, the global jihad, and someone sent me a template and said, stop blogging, because I would mm-hmm. comment, and I was like, I don't know anything about blogging. I, you know, they're like, just... Just shut up and write. And that's how I started Atlas Shrugs, which is my website, and it's the 25th largest political blog in the world now. Um, and I report on either stories that don't get any coverage or underreported news stories in the stealth jihad in America and the global jihad across the world. Uh, it, 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 had, it led me to my first book, which I wrote, The Post-American Presidency, The Obama Administration's War in America, because I did an enormous amount of research on this man. My readers were well-versed in who he was, but the American people weren't, and clearly the media had abdicated its role as public servant in vetting our candidates. And so there was so much on him that people did not know. I mean, what's happening now, people are shocked at. But for those of us who knew who and what, was elected uh, into the White House, uh, it was not shocking. It was actually predicted even before the 2008 election, the abandonment of our allies, uh, the um, abdication of American sovereignty, American hegemony, the international law and transnationalism, uh, his lethal uh, foreign policy on, uh, on, on Israel, and so on and so forth. So that's how I got into this. And um, over the past 10 years, uh, it's very disheartening to see that things have really gotten worse. I mean, you know, even the curriculum on 9-11 that's just been instituted this year in the public schools is all about uh, service. You know, uh, the, what service are the children doing? You know, what are you doing, uh, you know, in service to the common man? And it's about reconciliation and healing. Mm-hmm. I do not believe that 9-11 should be a day of service. I mean, service is a fine thing, Carol. Don't misunderstand me. But not on that day. That is a day of national mourning. Mm-hmm. That is a day of, he- not a day of, uh, of service. And when I was a kid in school, we learned about December 7th. We didn't hear that it was a, a, a day of reconciliation and healing. We heard it was a, uh, you know, a, a, a battle cry that uh, the nation was united in its resolve to defeat the enemy. And, of course, ten years later, the Japanese and the, and the Nazis were, were defeated, were vanquished. Here we are ten years later, not only introducing a curriculum about reconciliation and healing, void of any motive, void of who attacked us, but the President of the United States issues guidelines to, um, uh, to not, only in, not only national commemorative ceremonies, but the international ceremonies saying do not mention al-Qaeda or motive or ideology. Really? Think, what? Oh, yeah. He issued guidelines. He issued guidelines to U.S. embassies across the world and to 
official ceremonies here in America, that Al-Qaeda, not to mention Al-Qaeda. Uh, again, this is on my website. This came out of the White House. The media, again, does not talk about it. And what was even more interesting and surreal was 24 hours later, the White House issues a specific incredible threat. Yes. Well, well Mr. President, uh, who, who would that be from? Uh, Mickey Mouse? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. And to be in this city, I mean, I held a rally, a freedom rally on 9-11. Uh, to be in this city uh, on 9-11, it was like literally being in a war zone. I, there were uh, police everywhere, every corner, AK-47, attack. There were dogs. There were checkpoints going across town. Uh, it's just we're living in this, in the, in this you know, sort of insane, rational world where we're literally in a low-grade state of war, and yet we're not allowed to mention who the enemy is. God, yes, it is really insane. Um, you know, that, that reminds me, I, I read an article, and you probably read it too, in the Wall Street Journal about, and I never knew that this would be happening, um, that apparently the president called, it seemed like a telephone conference call or something for all the rabbis to tell them what to say at the high holiday services? Yes. Yes. I mean, I mean that's how, how is that possible? Well, that's how supplicant the, the the lay Jewish community has been. The Jewish leadership has been I'm Jewish. I'm a proud Jew, uh but I have enormous issues with the Jewish leadership. It's very much reminiscent of the Jewish lay leadership uh pre-World War II, the Stephen Wise versus Peter Bergson. Um, who, uh, you know, there was the, uh, let's just go along and be quiet. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's like the battle that I'm having now with the MTA. I'm filing a lawsuit today. The MTA in New York City actually ran ads, um, anti-Semitic ads calling for the end of U.S. Um, aid to Israel. Hmm. And so the I MTA. The MTA. New York the, City the MTA. The subway. New York subway Mass Transit Assistance. That's right. Uh, they're running now, those ads. And I submitted my own ads, and they rejected them. And my ad said this. My ad said, in any war between a civilized man and a savage, support the civilized man, support Israel, defeat jihad. My ads were rejected because they were used to the word savage. They said demeans an entire mm-hmm. people. Um, and how so, can, I mean, this is just, how can a, 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 um, a civil, a, a, you know, a, a public... Um, organization put any kind of a um, a prejudicial. I mean, you know, Islamophobia. Exactly. I mean, it's like the reverse. How could they? How are they allowed? Well, I mean, I guess that's the point of your. Well, what is exactly the point of your point. law? I mean, they, they, they say it's free speech, but it's free speech for some and not for all. And this is a government agency, and my speech is protected under the First Amendment. Political speech is the most protected speech. And what we run into here, Carol, is some very dangerous. This is, this is what frightens me of everything the most, the restriction of free speech under, you know, under the guise of hate speech laws, which is, in fact, just the Sharia, just blasphemy laws, because you can obviously do this. To Jews, and you can run atheist ads, and so on. You can insult anybody, but not Islam. Right. And I'm not insulting Islam. I believe that the murderers of the Fogel family, I believe that those that are keeping Jalad Shalit in a dungeon, a Hamas dungeon underground for six years, I believe those that started the war in the summer of 2006, I believe the relentless war against Israel, against the Jews since 1948, are savages. I think anyone that attacks innocent uh, civilians is, is, is savagery. I think they ought to look it up in the dictionary. I mean, I don't but th- this I, is tax money, presumably, that's paying. Why, why would they be having, I mean, well, I mean, how, how could they be allowed to have ads paid for by public money, right? 
saying um, saying something. Well, well, no, I mean the organization that uh, paid for the ads is uh, obviously an anti-Semitic organization. But oh, you mean they accepted ads they accepted from an, an, an yes. I They accepted it right, exactly. But you see, the question is, political speech, free speech, protects all ideas. Not just right, those right. that we like, because Absolutely. then who gets, to, who gets to decide what's good and what's forbidden? The government, the MTA, the UN, the Organization of Islamic Conference. So this is what's really deeply troubling. So, of course, I am filing a lawsuit, and I will win. I've won in every lawsuit that I filed. I, this is not the first time that this has happened. They tried to, they rejected my Ground Zero mosque ads, telling me that the 9-11 images were embargoed, and we can talk about that when we get back from huh, the break. Absolutely. Me or my? Okay. Um, well, uh, all right. Let me. We do need to take a break. Unfortunately, we will be back. My my guest is Pamela Geller. Again, her book is called "Stop the Islamization of America: A Practical Guide to the Resistance." You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships... Check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com What it comes down to, ladies, is that defining line between been there, done that, and ain't going back, baby. Yeah, I've heard them call you yuppies and baby boomers, maybe even dolls, babes, darlings, sugar, and sweetheart. But I say that women are truly amazing. Join Dr. Marlene for Amazing Women, Brains, Beauty, and Style, every Wednesday afternoon at 2 Pacific, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. With my guest today, Pamela Geller, the author of Stop the Islamization of America, A Practical Guide to the Resistance. I hope you're all beginning to get uh, a clue, disturbing as it is, just how deep and hidden a lot of these things are. Um, before the break, you were starting to talk about what you were doing for to stop the mosque at Ground Zero. I, I had actually, um, um, I did a show on that. I found that whole thing appalling that there would be that it's got that it got as far as it had gotten. So tell us about what you were trying to do and what the status of it is now. Well, what happened was I, I had run, I had been opposing the mosque, and we had tens of thousands at Ground Zero at 9-11 last year. 
I had run ads, Ground Zero Mosque ads on buses, tried to run ads, and um, just basically saying why there, showing Ground Zero on 9-11, 2001, and then Ground Zero at 9-11, 2011, because they said they were going to break ground on September 11, mm-hmm. 2011. And they rejected my ads because I was using an image from the 9-11 attacks. I said, what? I was told they were embargoed. I said, images of 9-11 were embargoed. This is part of American history. Is Iwo Jima embargoed? Is Pearl Harbor embargoed? They said, sorry, you've got to take out the planes. Ah! I took out the planes. And they said, sorry, you've got to take out the smoke. I took out the smoke. Oh, my and, God. Yeah, I did four revisions, and I just had the towers, and they wouldn't take it, so I filed a lawsuit on Friday. And that Monday, it was a complete violation of free speech. That Monday they said, we'll take the ad, and I got to run the original ad with oh, the planes good. and the smoke. Oh, yeah, they're absolutely wrong. Um, we ha- we're victorious in the Ground Zero mosque fight, despite the fact that President Obama supported that, mo- that, that mosque drosity, and despite the mm-hmm. fact that Mayor Bloomberg, who really colluded with the Ground Zero mosqueteers, his administration, Administration made out the letters and wrote the applications. We know that from a Freedom of Information Act request that was submitted by Judicial Watch. Now, I, um, yes, and I don't understand that. What is he thinking? His number one source of revenue comes from Dubai and the uh-huh. um, and the um, not only the uh, you know media in the Middle East, but now he's established Islamic Sharia finance platforms. So I think that there's more to that story than meets the eye. But that's neither here nor there. The point that people need to make is, despite the fact that the media elites. Uh, and the political elites were all shilling, advancing, and promoting the Ground Zero Mega Mosque. They are not building it. They uh, were supposed to break ground September 11, 2011. They are nowhere. They have shaved 11 stories off it. They have not broken ground. They have, have not raised money. Uh, of course, the media was heralding the opening of it huh. last, because last week they had a photo exhibit. And so everyone was fawning over the photo exhibit. I mean, they had a photographer who took pictures of immigrant children. He has a photographer, by the way, who's never taken a photograph before. Okay? He became a photographer. And the, and the New York Times fawning over this exhibit of a photographer who is not even a photographer. I mean, this is how bad the media is in the tank for these Islamic supremacists. Wow. But the, but the point is, is there's no mosque, and it's not being built. And we yes. won. And I want people to know that we won. And so just by opening your mouth, public opinion in America still counts, despite the political elites and this aristocracy that we see growing. The people matter. And that's why this book is so important, because it shows you how to fight the masking of the, of the workplace, the masking of the school system, the masking of your neighborhood. Where so what do, you think was, what do you think was the most important factor or the factors that did um, stop it at this point? For now, the, overwhel- at least. the overwhelming public opposition, the fact that tens of thousands. Uh, my, listen, my first rally, June sixth of two thousand ten. I thought I was going to get a couple hundred people there. There was upwards of eight to ten thousand. Last year, um, at Ground Zero on nine eleven, there was upwards of thirty thousand. This year, after the mosque was not built, uh, the problem, of course, was that it was a frozen zone, meaning you could not get to our rally. It was frozen with dogs and checkpoints, but we still had a couple thousand people. So the issue was not going away, and people were not acquiescing. And they knew that the day that it broke ground, we'd be down there, all of us. Mm. All the moms, all the security moms and the soccer moms with our babies and our strollers, let the police drag us off. 
Let that, how about that as a photo op, okay? Mm-hmm. Believe me, this was not going away, not by any shake of the imagination. And so they were forced, really, to, um, to uh, pull back because they couldn't raise the money. And the 9-11 family members were vehemently against the mosque, and there was no changing it. And even people that were on different sides of the political spectrum uh, saw this to be deliberately provocative, deeply offensive, and disrespectful. Yes, absolutely. So what did you think, um, by the way, about, about the what was done on 9-11, I mean, in addition to what we've been talking about, um, how did you think this 10th anniversary um, came off? Well, I mean, I thought my rally where I had clergy, because clergy was prohibited from yes. uh, Mayor Gloomberg's, uh, you know, uh, official ceremony. So we had clergy. 9-11 first responders were also excluded, which yes. you have to, again... And, and, and yes, I, I think I read that in what you had written, um, uh, or what you were saying on, the sh- on that show, something. Uh, and I, I actually hadn't picked up on that, and I don't understand, well, before... Before 9/11, when of course on television you really didn't see anything about first responders. But wh- how could that have happened? Why did that happen? Well, there wasn't room from, for all the politicians, so it wasn't really official. I mean, when you consider the very first victim of the 9/11 attacks was Father Michael Judd, and it, it's an iconic image we all remember of Father Judge being carried out by first responders. Those were the two uh, constituencies not invited clergy, which we had. We had a Sikh, we had Hindu, we had a pastor, we had a rabbi who couldn't get through the frozen zone. Um, and we had first responders speak. Uh, and we had uh, leaders of, of, of freedom movements across America, across the world speak. Uh, so I think, and we had many 9-11 family members speak, Rosaline Talon and, and Eileen um, Talon and uh, 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 um, Sally Reaganhart and really um, incredible voices. So I don't know, what do I think? I think that patriots came down to ground zero and uh, on 9-11, the 10th anniversary, and were heard. And all of these speeches just go, just go to YouTube. 9-11 Freedom Rally, you know, SIA, Stop Islamization of America, S-I-O-A. And, and listen to what these people have to say. These are incredible remarks made by, you know, the heartfelt. These are not politicians. The only politician was Alario Pantano who I believe is the kind of uh, candidate who's running for Congress that we must support. We must support candidates who are unafraid to tackle this issue, who will speak candidly to this issue. Here was a man who was on Wall Street, you know, uh, six figures, 9-11 happened, and he went right into the Marines and was too old but was relentless. And he was a war hero. And uh, he was over there in Iraq. He knows. Hmm. And these are the people that we must support. These politicians that we have today have absolutely no spine whatsoever. Absolutely. But now, do you think there was some kind of political reason for why they were trying to keep first responders away? I think that they didn't have room. I'm being honest. There were so many politicians, they didn't have room. I think, the wrong, I I think the wrong people got priority. But down at, at ground zero, I mean... Yeah. Well, there were a lot. I mean, why would the just the general public be more important than saving room, at least even uh, token well, the token room? The general public couldn't get in there either. Well, I mean, around the out, like when the people were reading um, the names, and you saw in the background that there were there were various there were lots of people milling around. So those were 
those were just family members of the yes of the victims yes exactly well, it seemed right. like there was more room though that they could have squeezed a few first responders in there it was badly done it was badly done so uh you're asking uh, the the Bloomberg administration is really i mean he uh, he operates like a uh, sort of like uh, we call him Ayatollah Bloomberg <laughs> he does he he really does and so he would say ridiculous things he would say if we don't build the ground zero mosques the terrorists will win actually it's the opposite because yeah. nowhere in the history of Islam ever has there been uh, a, a mosque of reconciliation and healing ever built on yes. the site of a jihadi attack? But we have tens of thousands of examples of a triumphal mosques yes. being built on the cherished sites of conquered lands. Of course, the most obvious is the Dome of the Rock, built right on top of the first and second temple in Jerusalem. This is the holiest Jewish site. Of course, the Saint Sophia, which is the most beautiful and exquisite church in in in, in history, which is now a mosque. The Taj Mahal, tens of thousands of Hindu temples. I mean, so if you know, this would be Mecca on the Hudson. Yes, that's good. Yes, it's you know it's a sign of conquest. It would have attracted and fueled many more terrorists, wannabe terrorists. Uh, you know, it's a sign that essentially was claiming our our land. It's like when the astronauts put uh, the flag on the moon. Yes, that's exactly right. Um, but they weren't uh, you know they weren't killing people. But that's besides. <laughs> well, that's uh, right. I mean, look, this is it's like the, there's a case now in. Um, uh, is it Missouri? I, I have to check. But there was a Muslim who posted on his website, you know, a poem that was sympathetic to Israel and the Jews. And he came under enormous uh, scorn and derision from his community. And at one point, that he was his car was uh, run off the road by a group um, in um, in his town. He was pulled out of his car with a gun to his head, and in his back with a knife was carved a giant Jewish star, mm. um, a, a giant star of David. Uh, this is in St. Louis, Missouri. There you go. Um, and uh, this is this was just for reciting a pro-Jewish poem. So, again, this whole jihad against the Jews has nothing to do with lands. I mean, if you look at it again, it's surreal, this tiny state, nine right. miles at its wide, surrounded by ginormous Muslim lands. Right. Uh, that it's about land is ridiculous. Read the Quran. And you'll understand that Islamic Jew hatred, Islamic anti-Semitism, is a mandate of Islam. Yeah, it is. It, you know, and this is that's why from Bali to Baghdad, from from New York to California, from Paris to Oslo, Malmo, London, Jerusalem, when they're protesting against the Jews, they're protesting against Israel. Even on that jihad warship flotilla, the Marmara, they're always chanting the same thing. Kaiba, Kaiba, Ya Yahud, Seish Muhammad, Sayahud, which What's is that? that Kaiba, Kaiba was when Muhammad entered the Arabian Peninsula, uh, Kaiba, uh, which was largely Jewish, and he literally annihilated the Jews of uh, the, the Arabian Peninsula. He literally uh, exterminated them all, and they're saying Kaiba, Kaiba, Jews, the armies of Muhammad are coming. Hmm. They're invoking the armies of Muhammad that slaughtered the Jews en masse, beheaded the men, the tribe of Koraiza, beheaded the boys, the sons, and took the women all as slaves, uh, raped them, and so on as booty, as you know. But that's, I mean, so they're not saying, uh, this is a 1,400-year war. Yes. And while we understand that it was in decline for many, many centuries, the Ottoman Empire, 
was declining, and of course the final blow was dealt by the British. Uh, we have resurrected the uh, the caliphate in the 70s. Uh, you know, via the petrol, you know, the the the, the uh, oil dollars, and the, and and uh, Jimmy Carter throwing away the Shah of Iran and 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 ushering in the Ayatollah Khomeini. Yes, yes. All right, we do need to take another break. This is all such uh, such important stuff. My guest is Pamela Geller. Her book is The Stop the Islamization of America, A Practical Guide to the Resistance. We will take a break and be right back. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. My guest is Pamela Giller. She is um, conveying the most important message that you can hear about because... um, you need to take this and, and do something about it, and I'll give you information about where you can um, find out more about her and, and, and her writing and so on in the book. Um, the book, the, her latest book is Stop the Islamization of America, A Practical Guide to the Resistance. You know, um, I wanted to ask you what, what has been, you know, it is incredibly courageous of you to, um, to, you know, you're obviously so knowledgeable and you've been doing this now for so long and actually that's what changed, um, my life to 9-11 in the sense that it made me think, what can I do as a psychiatrist that would leave, um, that would be the most important thing, you know, that would leave the legacy, uh, for, for people, for the, for my country and, or for the world actually because, uh, because, you know, obviously there are other people being terrorized by terrorists. Um, and and it was to to try to wake people up to cope with terrorism and understand and and prepare themselves. I talk about preparing themselves as if they're preparing for a marathon in terms of making themselves psychologically and physically healthy and breaking through their denial and so on. But um, you you know this is just you're you're obviously putting yourself out there in in even a more dangerous way. Uh, because I, I don't really get into the politics myself as much as just the psychology of it. So 
So what have you been, what kinds of threats have you gotten against your life? How, how do you, um, you know, what gives you the courage to keep doing this? Well, uh, firstly, let me say, what's the alternative? To me, the alternative is scarier. Not doing anything is much scarier. I think it was Edmund uh, Burke who said, mm-hmm. evil, evil prospers when good men do nothing. Yes. So, so I don't think there is an alternative once your eyes have been opened. As for death threats, yes, I get them regularly all the time. I, that's, that's part of, that's, this is the war that we're in. I mean, this, this, is, this is the war that we're in. Um, I don't see them killing counter jihadists yet. Uh, I don't know that they have to do that. Uh, they are so successful. Uh, they are so successful, they're getting so far in leaps and bounds without doing that. I mean, I think that if you did do that, uh, yeah, they want to scam me and so on and so forth. And I'm not making light of it. Um, I find it very cowardly, and some of them are quite gruesome. Um, but, uh, you know, you would then wake people up if you started killing truth tellers. So, um, it's, to me, it's an occupational hazard. It's quite terrible. I don't disagree. Of course, nobody talks about it. Nobody talks about all of the, uh, you know, counter jihadists that live under death threat. Wafa Sultan is the only American, uh, before Molly Norris that we had to live in hiding. And, and of course, Molly Norris, to me, is the, the most egregious example. Here you have a situation where Comedy Central, a television show on that television station called, um, South Park, yeah. Uh, the producers had done a uh, one a segment on and and, and put Muhammad in a cuggy bear costume uh, mm-hmm. because you can't show the Prophet Muhammad according to the blasphemy laws, you know the Sharia. And so they, there was a death threat on their head. And by the way, Comedy Central, the cowards that they were, they actually bleeped out the word Muhammad. I mean, that's how bad it is. Yes, and, yes. And, 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 and an unknown cartoonist, a little girl in, in Seattle, you know, who loves the show, said, hey, we should all draw Muhammad. You know, I guess her thinking was, you can't kill, kill us all. Yes. Uh, she had no idea what she stepped into, and within 24 hours, there was a fatwa on her head. She withdrew her, you know, cartoon challenge, but it didn't mean anything. Of course, if you, if you uh, show weakness and then they really go in for the kill. And she had to go, the FBI uh, insisted that she go in to witness protection at her own expense. Oh, what? She gave up her job. She gave up her name. She gave up her life. She gave up her name, her name and her livelihood and went into witness protection at her own expense. Her name is Molly Norris, and I'm sure that most people don't even know about her. She should be the poster girl. Mm. The post, she'd be on the front page of every newspaper, every broadcast news channel. She should be the poster girl for free speech. And yet most people don't even know who Molly Norris is. This is how bad things are in America. Well, you know, and I guess the bottom line or one of the bottom lines to to what you're saying or or trying to convey is that um, the more we sit back and do nothing... The worse it gets. The worse it gets because the more infiltrated government and all of these, the FBI and all of these different agencies become, and the harder it is, the more scared. I mean, God, if you can intimidate, you know, South Park is not, uh, uh, I mean, I have, I have been um, not happy with some of the things that they've done in terms of violence and so on, but it's very hard to intimidate them. And if, if these creators from South Park could be intimidated and change their cartoon, you know that that speaks volumes. So the more we don't do anything, you know, the the fewer people um, there are who are actually taking part and, and standing up and doing something. The easier it will be uh, to be infiltrated and to be Islamicized. Yes, that's exactly right. It has to be fought. And if you want, 
for example, Carol, uh, a cautionary tale, mm-hmm. just look to Europe. Mm-hmm. Europe Absolutely. really is, it, yeah, Europe is, is, is doomed. I mean, I'm not, I'm not gonna, you know, pound the final nail in, but my God, uh, it's just unbelievable how yes. they literally, a lack of civilizational spine yes. has resulted in no-go zones where police, if police and firefighters go in, are attacked, uh, they live under the Sharia, um, these are very dangerous places for infidels for kafir, uh, and we're seeing this increasingly in France, in Sweden, yeah. in Denmark, and of course in the UK. And the UK yeah. is particularly, uh, you know, egregious in their capitulation to Islam. They pay multiple benefits for multiple wives. So you're encouraging polygamy yeah. when you do that. Um, terrorists are living on the dole. It's just they prosecute any patriots that stand up and protest Islamic supremacism while, you know, Islamic um, supremacists run wild. I mean, it's just, uh, we have video. Uh, we have video of a m- hundred Muslims attacking a bus of, of uh, English Defense um, uh, League uh, members coming from a peaceful protest. They break the windows. They really, it was very scary. And who gets arrested? Put the guys in the bus. Huh. You know, yeah. Well, yes, and that, I'm sure that, you probably that's saw that's fascism. You probably saw the video of um, the police. Um, there was some kind of protest or something, and the police are essentially running away from from the. Um, oh yes, running away, and while they're running away from the the Muslims that are attacking them, the Muslims are screaming, "Run, you bleeping cowards!" Yes. Run, you, yeah, I mean that was incredible. Yes, footage. yes, it was yeah, like um, again. That's this is all you never see it in the media. You know, you know if you, um, in order yes. for you to have seen that footage, Carol, I, you it saw was, it on YouTube. Absolutely. I saw it. Somebody sent it to me on the Internet. Absolutely. We don't see that here. It's like you would never know that these kinds of things have happened. And I went to medical school in Europe, in Belgium, and uh, and also I lived in Paris. And, and I traveled to the U.K. a lot. Actually, I studied in the U.K. during my residency, in my psychiatric residency. And the changes in these countries... Um, from then to now, with the Islamization of these countries, is just staggering. Yes. And Americans don't don't realize that we are just a stone's throw away from that happening to us. Well, it's just a matter of time. I mean, they're just five to ten years ahead of us. It's just a matter yeah. of uh, uh, you know immigration. Yeah. You know? And it's an uh, it's a matter of colonization. And if you're living in a parallel society, that's exactly what happens if you're not assimilating. And we see, look at, look at Dearborn. There's a lawsuit yes. that has been filed against law enforcement because they're covering up honor killings there so as not to offend uh, the Muslim population. Mm. That's not who we are. That's, well, not, America. I want that's that. not America. Absolutely not, at least as long as we can hold on to it. Um, uh, tell people where to go to... Um, to find out more about you and to get the to get the book please you can get you need the book you need to read this book to see and understand what's happening around you and how you can protect it it'll be much easier now than it'll be 5 years from now i assure you uh we are not at a tipping point yet um go to amazon.com the book is stop islamization of stop the islamization of america a practical guide to the resistance uh barnes and noble online most bookstores won't carry it because they are so you know again uh, this leftist islamic alliance that we see increasingly uh, World Net Daily has the book, uh, but I strongly recommend you read it because there's a there's a whole 
uh, undercurrent of events taking place under your nose, and it will affect you, and it will absolutely affect your children. Yes, absolutely. Uh, and also the website that people can go to to find more information as well is Daily. Atlas. Atlasshrugs.com. I update it daily, 10 to 15 times a day. I have a regular column at WorldNet Daily. I write for Breitbart. I write for the American Thinker. Um, and so, the, you know, and everything's posted at Atlas. If you, the news that you don't get, the real news. Yes. Well, Pamela, thank you so much for being on the show. And yes, I know, I know it's not something we would like to believe is true, but we had better believe it now or, or, or very soon we're going to have to, uh, uh, it's going to be right in your own backyard, um, literally. So thank you very much for being on the show, and I'll have to have you back on because this is just ongoing and so important. Thank you for having me. And thank you all for listening. You've been listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Thank you for joining us on Dr. Carol's Couch. Join us next week at 1 p.m. Pacific time for another installment of Dr. Carol's Couch. We'll save you a seat. 